Wait, wait, oh. are you doing an introduction? Um, I'm, I think I'm going to start a podcast. Do you guys want to do one of those? Yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we're all here. We might as well, but you got to do the introduction. No, oh. yeah, I disagree. Nobody listens to that crap. No, yes. I, I, I need, I can't, I can't do a podcast without the introduction. I can't even get in the mood. Oh, mood. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to Maybe I've Said Too Much, the Truffle Shuffle of Internet Radio. <laughs> <laughs> chunk. Um, so I am Mike, and I will be your host on this internet savvy something or other. And I'm joined, as always, by my compatriots in podcasting, Izzy Swan, Joel Crawford. Gentlemen, it's good to be back with you this evening. How are you? I, I'm Fine. fantastic. Fine. I'm sorry, I didn't All mean right. to cut you off, Izzy. Izzy, please, say a thing. I'm good. I'm good. I'm better now that we've done the introduction. I always feel better after the introduction, so I feel like we're actually doing stuff now. I feel better doing the introduction. uh, It's it's like at least two cups of coffee, Izzy. Uh, Am I right? I mean, like, it's two cups of coffee, straight uh, straight black. You and I are drinking different coffee, but okay, um, I, I see where you're going with this for sure. Um, you know, I, we had a little pre-talk before the thing was going on. You guys got a lot going on. It's crazy. Joel, you're like a madman. What's going on with you? Tell everybody what you've been doing. It's nuts. I have been committing very slow suicide <laughs> by moving my uh, my parents' house and, and uh, un-inhabiting uh, it because it's sold. I'm in the Great White North, although it is not it is not white currently. It is uh, it is beautiful, just out on the lake on the pontoon boat in a weird set of events, and uh, and so I'm in I'm in the North Woods of Wisconsin, uh, literally in a cabin. I'm not even lying, like it's wood paneling with you know brass knobs and closets the size of uh, you know small uh, waste paper baskets. Um, nice. yeah. And that's, that's pretty much, you know, this week has been a lot of moving boxes and throwing away stuff and, and loading trucks and, uh, really good beer. Is there bad beer? I didn't, I wasn't aware that that was a thing. If, if you've had good beer, there are some beers that are a little tougher to get back to. Um, but of course, you know the standards, like you know the the better beers, like uh, Natty, uh, Natty Ice, uh, uh, Beast. Those are always <laughs> those are always an excellent choice. Oh, I'm gonna have to ta- I'm gonna have to take a pause break here and go uh, <laughs> use the restroom. Oh man, Beast. Yeah. Well, Beast is the a- stuff. So for those that aren't familiar, Beast is basically for four dollars and ninety nine cents American. They will bring you a case of twenty four beers and wait while you drink it, and then take the empties off your front porch for you because it's good. <laughs> well, if, if let me tell you that in some Taco Bell and. You have a recipe that basically oh. puts you on a toilet for a very long time. No, it's hey. not long at all. <laughs> my Taco Bell. Yeah, there, there is nothing happening there very long at all. Actually, that is, that is just, just sadness personified. Is is he what you've been creating? Four minutes in, and we're potty talking. All right, so Izzy, tell us yeah. your building things, please. A stool. <laughs> 
Is it a really small store? By the no, way, this no. was not planned for all of our people who are listening. <laughs> uh, hashtag butt stuff. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, you know, we're we're um, uh, just going through some stuff here. I'm trying to get uh, kind of everything organized and ready for massive amounts of videotaping. I've got a ton of projects that I have uh, sitting on. Well, I would like to say I had them written on sticky notes, but honestly, I have them written in Sharpie all over my cabinets. Um <sighs> And one of the things I've been doing is a folding table. I'm working on a project for a toy company. Um, I'm right now on the third version of the of the folding table. I did one that was all cut out with a jigsaw. I mean, did the whole thing with a jigsaw to prove a point. That video will be out later this week. And then um, I did another one. I wanted to put some parallelogram style arms on this on this. It's a table for two people. You know, you fold out two chairs from it, and the top folds out. So you have this like very functional two-place table for, you know, like a couple. If you want to go out to the park and don't feel like sitting on the grass for the picnic, you just bring the table. But um, the second version I got, it works, but it's, I started, I'm doing that thing I do from time to time where I, I build something that's really cool, but a just dumb, overcomplicated for the average person to build. And, you know, so that that thing is already, <laughs> that thing's already been set aside somewhere. And uh, I'm working on the third version, which I'm all about, just about finished with. I actually wanted to use my new, the X-Carve. I wanted to really put this thing through its paces. And I'm, you know, I'm going way above recommended settings and really trying to push the limits of what this thing can do. And uh, I figured I would do that while I'm building my third version, which is a... Um, kind of a, a mix between the first version which was pretty simple and the second version which was well over complicated and now I have the third version and that version will be in another video in a couple of weeks or whatever out, out so there but um, this is this is a device that would give you is this chairs and a table mm -hmm. and yeah. does it does it also come with a butler no because, but because it, I'll t I would like to be buttled it doesn't, but it does have pass-through wine holes, so you can oh, pass through so wine holes. Through. Wine holes while being buttled is my thing. So I have yep. to ask just a just a quick question. The uh, when you say to prove a point, was this a challenge laid upon you, or was this did someone come out of like just jump out of the bushes no, and be like, you, I you can't do it with no, a jigsaw? No, you, you guys know how it is. You get you know you you make videos and you build this thing and you get you know every once in a while you get that character in there that says I could do that too if I had you know X amount of tools, seven million dollars worth of tools like you do. Right. Well, let me tell you, I can I can prove the point. I've got like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars with the tools and i can't build shit some days <laughs> yeah well this it's, guy's got lasers revel in the laser conversation in a while but uh, i just want to go ahead and throw that out there real quick we'll, we'll move, we'll move on. Ooh, ooh. i have something to tell talk about too when we talk about the laser i'm pretty excited about but anyway yeah so the, wait, that wait, was wait, 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 you can't there's not just well anyway if you, i have a thing i want to talk well, about i'm excited about my, you got to talk no, about no, that no, thing I mean, hey 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 I want to finish my story about the jigsaw. All right. Okay. Bella. Jeez. I'm holding on. Listen, it's, right. it's hard hosting this. It's like herding cats that have been tripping on acid. So I'm just trying to keep some content here. But uh, please, jigsaw story. <laughs> you know, try being the cat that's tripping on acid. That's hard to you know. I get it. I mean, it's, they got four legs. I can barely do two. <laughs> so uh, so that was why and I, I decided I was going to do this thing out of um, with the jigsaw and show people some really cool methods to get real accurate cuts and you know of course you can do it 
and it works and it's time consuming as all hell. So, <laughs> but I got some amazing cuts. I mean, I was even patting myself on the back. I was like, yep, that's pretty good, buddy. So, I still don't know how you do jigsaw on plywood. Every time I do it, it looks like a scene out of a horror film. Yeah, well, I mean, it I mean, really does. For me, I mean, that's, you know, like when I bought, because, you know, I'm at the point now where, you know, I have band saws and table saws and all kinds of other nonsense. They they don't do anything. They don't make the projects better. They just make me more efficient at making them. You know, I mean, there's 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 exactly zero things that I have to have those tools for to be able to have a completed project because you can do it with a you know, a, a jigsaw and a, um, you know, just a, just a skill saw is, you know, it's all you need. You don't even need a nice one. I mean, I think the last saw I bought was a piece of garbage, $35, like skill or Ryobi or something like that. It's just the table saw makes you for $5 this weekend. Yeah. Well, I would have bought it from you if I'd have known, cause you know, I could throw the other one in the garbage, but the, I mean, just all it does is just save time. It just makes you more efficient. It doesn't make you better. It just makes you faster, which, you know, I think that's my, part of the problem. I, I doesn't don't, look for that either. So, yeah, and I think that's part of the problem out there in the world. We're always looking for that next thing. Uh, when a lot of times, you what happens is we go so fast past what we had, and um, you know, the, a jigsaw when properly with when properly used with the right blade and the right settings, and you know, with a little bit of practice, can be can do some really amazing things. And it's just one of those things where. You know, it was fun to actually do the project again and, and, you know, just kind of show some techniques that make it a little bit easier, show some settings and some things that will help when using a jigsaw. And the bottom line is when it comes down to it, there are folks out there who want to do projects that really don't have much more than a skill saw or a jigsaw or a few hand tools. So, well, bless their um, heart. Well, no, and, and, you know, and actually, that's no, fun. I don't want to bless their heart. I want to yell at them for a minute because they, so if, if, you were I, if I was Izzy Swan and I had this big shop with this million dollars worth of tools, I'd be able to build cool stuff too. No, you can shut up forever. The the calculator doesn't make you better at math; it makes you faster at math, right? You can still do math without a calculator. No, it's now I can't do math. I I have to have a calculator, and I do finance for a living, which sounds ridiculous when you say it, but. If you're using that as an excuse to not do things, shame on you because you don't need a billion dollars worth of tools. I used to make stuff long before I had really cool anything, right? So, and if you're out there and, and you're using that as an excuse to not go out there and do stuff, then shame on you. You should be out there doing stuff. There is every single thing that technology has provided us doesn't make us anything but faster. It just oh, yeah. does. I mean, it's, it, it improves efficiency, and it and it does nothing else. A skilled craftsman can do. I mean, some of those videos. I mean, guys that you know want to work with hand tools. I think they're out of their minds, but watching them do it is very interesting because you get to see these guys like you know they hand plane everything. They get these drills they turn by hand, and those guys they need to like stop doing that but i love watching it because it's fascinating to see hey they've used to build houses in the 1800s you know <laughs> they're still standing today without any of the stuff that we have so don't make excuses make things go out there and do yeah. it agreed you know and that's that's the bottom line is you know first of all if you show, go out there in the world and you show people it's possible not only do you show people that it's possible, but you empower others who maybe don't have more than that. And if they get out there and they try it and um, they learn a little bit, maybe they want to do a little bit more. And that's always what it's about for me is getting people 
to get out and make stuff and just have fun because there i can't think of anything a whole lot you know funner than just building things you know creating stuff with your hands it's a great it's a great thing so um and I think once, really, there's always that initial frustration, especially when you're first getting started, how to get the straight cut, how do I make this uh, jigsaw work right, or how do I, you know, uh, join these pieces of material so they, they stay forever or for, you know, as long as I can get them to. Uh, so it's just a matter of um, enjoying the process and learning, you know, from through the, those little bits of frustration. I have and, a theory on that. Uh, okay, let's hear it. Well, I, I think... I, you know what welders do before they start welding, like for a living? They, they run lines of weld bead. I mean, they just, they sit there, they buy, you know, 40 or $50 worth of sticks, and they just go down the line until they know how that thing performs. And it's the same with artists. I mean, it's, it's yeah. the same with artists. They, they want to draw, uh, you know, evergreen trees, and they just fill up a notebook with, and by the end of the notebook, they have a appreciable difference yeah. in the quality of their tree. So it's, it's, it's muscle know, it, memory. It's a feeling. And that's the same thing with using equipment and tools and paintbrushes and welding. It's not necessarily, I mean, visually you see what's going on, but don't focus entirely on what's happening visually. You have to really focus on the tactile, um, the, you know, the tactile uh, responses or the tactile um, things that are happening. You start yeah, feeling I mean, it. You if, know, and if then you, you can do the honestly, same thing with you a just table saw. Pick things up. You you really, no. if you want to learn how to cut straight with a jigsaw, start making straight lines with a jigsaw. They don't have to go to a project. Just put some effort into it. Not everything has to be the end result. You can learn how to use your tools along the way. Yeah. And part of part of that is just repetition because you're awesome on a skill saw. And, and, and that's, or on, on a jigsaw, because you, you found a comfort with it that I think, uh, most people would say is insane because I, I think the overall sentiment for a jigsaw is that they're evil. Um, well, because, because everybody they don't, people don't completely understand them and don't know right. what they're doing, you know? Right. So. Right. And, and I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, I think if they put in the effort like you've put in the effort there's they would see a very appreciable difference in the quality of their work well, and I, well that's 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 one of the things coming out in this video i actually show some tips and tricks that make it really easy to get a really decent results and then i show some methods for getting those um, results cleaned up really quickly to make them literally um very close to what you would see done on a table saw um, and it's just, uh, some really simple, some neat techniques. And, um, that's, it was a fun, it was a fun project. And, you know, there's always that time thing for me. I have so much going on. You have to really value, you know, evaluate what kind of time you're going to put into a project. Uh, and I, I put a little bit more time into this project than I would have liked to, but it was, um, it was a lot of fun. And it was, a, it was a little bit challenging and it was, uh, it was all those things that I miss about creating stuff. You know, it was, uh, it was cool. Well, I did, I'm excited uh, to watch. for me to brag about myself as our listeners have come to know, but, uh, <laughs> I actually built my daughter a day bed with a trundle. Um, after we saw one at Ikea for $350, um, I decided I would come home and build one instead of paying $350. And it took me 
I think three full weekends because I did the whole thing. I wanted to do it without any uh, fastener. So it's all half lap joints, mortise and tenon. I mean, it's really way over engineered for, a you know, at the time, a six year old to sleep in. But uh, I did the whole thing without, I did it with a uh, skill saw, a jigsaw, uh, a router. Um, and a couple of like $8 skill bits for the router. I didn't have a table saw at the time, no band saws, no jigs, no anything. I mean, it took forever, but you know, I, I could build it. it. Like I said, I can make that same thing again on the, you know, with all the tools I have now, probably in a weekend where that thing took me, you know, it felt like a thousand years to, to finally get together. But I, every single piece of that was made with hand tools. I mean, for the most part, I mean, you know, not like planes and stuff, but you know, all just really simple, really, you know, I mean, it, it's made out of pine. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like it's made out of white oak or anything that you, you know, exotic or crazy. So, it, you know, you just hey, got to start building. Pine is a beautiful it. wood. I love pine and I, it's got a bad name. A lot of people are like, oh, it's pine. But I, you know, pine is a really quite gorgeous wood and, you know, you get some knots in there and some, you get some blue pine or you get some, uh, you know, some fungus in it. You get some really yeah, interesting Yeah, this is none of that. Stuff. This is, this is pine and it's painted and it was just easy to sand and easy on my tools. So, <laughs> Oh, you painted it. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, I know, I know all, right, all the um, stuff you're talking about, but this was going again, bad six year old. Oh, I've I've built entire kitchens out of pine and they were gorgeous, you know. So I mean, you know, no one can tell me pine's a terrible wood. But um I, I got one more little thing and then we should probably move on from this. I mean we spent twenty minutes on this topic, so you know hey, and, listen, uh, people are listening. You know, we just right, gotta well, say I things. Just wanna, <laughs> well I want you know so. th- that's the, the the point of the whole thing was just to get people out to make stuff. And I would tell a quick story about a friend of mine who actually incidentally was in mortgages in Chicago. Uh, this is back about oh, oh gosh, it's going on seventeen, eighteen years now. Oh, how long ago he killed himself? He didn't. He got sick of it. He yeah, he absolutely got sick of the city life. He got sick of the grind. He got sick of all of it. And um, he wasn't married. Didn't have kids. Um, didn't really have to do anything, you know. So he just said, "Screw it, I'm done." And he um, literally sold his sports car, bought a beat up old pickup truck. And moved to the UP, Upper Peninsula, Michigan, and bought a little cabin out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you can't even get you can't even get a phone line out there. And um, well, you couldn't at the time. He does now, I guess. But so he he just said, I, I got to do something, you know. So he started looking at um, uh, books from Brim Willow uh, on making willow chairs. And uh, there's a lot of willow around the swampy areas up in the up in the UP. So he started going around and collecting willow, and he started making these willow chairs. Literally, he bought a hammer, a handsaw, and some nails. And um, he'd go out in the woods and he'd collect these willow by with his handsaw, and then he'd bring them home and he'd start learning. And within a few weeks, he started actually making something presentable that could be sold. So he started taking a few of these chairs around to some of the local, you know, salt box farms type of places, you know, just the country mom and pop shops and was putting a few out there and they started selling. So he now still lives in the same cabin. It has wind power and a phone and all that. Now I think he even has a little an internet connection, uh, but he's been there now for 17 years. All he has ever done is used a hammer, some nails and a handsaw to build these willow chairs. Now his willow chairs now are just... <laughs> off the chain gorgeous um and he makes one a week and he makes 100 grand a year hmm. well you know you know what sucks about that 
he didn't start like retiring. that. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't he didn't start, you know, he didn't start that making that much, but I mean his first year in, he made I think twenty four, twenty five thousand dollars. His second year he was close to fifty. You know? Oh and hey. just that sounds with a, good. a hammer with a hammer, a handsaw, and some nails, y'all. So you know, don't tell me it can't be done. I, I that's I just hate that one. So I can't do that. I'm like, oh yes, you can. That that sounds so. like a perfect segue into what was supposed to be our topic for this evening. <laughs> so, oh yeah, get, that getting started. What does that have to do with? What does that have to do with hookers and blow? <laughs> I don't think we were talking about that. That was the pre. Yeah, that was before we got, came on the radio conversation. So yeah. Come on, Joel. You're not supposed to do the behind-the-scenes stuff in the episode. I'm sorry. You release that I'm to the sorry. Patreon. Great. <laughs> oh man. So, wait. Uh, we have Patreons. <laughs> yeah, we actually have we have Patreon supporters. It's it's a it's a, it's a small but powerful group of lobbyists that. Uh, <laughs> wait a uh, minute. We have I don't we have a Patreon page. They, we do. They've asked us not to say fleshing anymore. I think. <laughs> Why did? How come I didn't even know about? You see, because we're I not giving know. you any of the money. <laughs> Why well, don't, don't, really, don't? Me, really me and Joel are splitting the three dollars a month. Yeah. You guys, you guys can keep it as long as you keep coming. As long as you keep letting me come and play with y'all, I'm, I'm cool with oh, that. Oh, slow down. Hey, well, if we if we have a Patreon page, shouldn't we be telling people about it? No, no, I mean, not yet. It's not time. Okay. Uh, oh, no. shut up. I'm sorry. Pretend. Well, listen, hey, listen. We don't need to hear we don't, that. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to wrangle the 17 people in. I'm still waiting. One of us has like 400,000 subscribers on YouTube, and I'm still waiting for that person to promote this podcast on his channel. So I'm not about to start shouting out. I don't Patreon. know, man. I'm, I'm I'm kind of into like slow growth and naturally growing. And, <laughs> hey, listen. If we're up know. to 17 listeners, that's we're we're headed the right direction. But, um, I don't. I don't even know how many listeners were up because you guys are the ones that keep track of all that stuff. But it's got to be more than that because every once in a while as, I'll get a. As see of a tonight, something from I was actually going to tell you this before we started, but I'll go ahead and announce it publicly. We've actually passed the seven thousand okay, okay. listener wait, wait. mark. What? Yes, that's a little more than seven. Downloaded to and listened to seven thousand times. Now, um, Bill Lutz and Andy Berkey make up five thousand of that, but the uh, both, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, so yeah, the uh, the the idea I had tonight for, uh, and we've touched on this in bits and pieces, but just kind of a. Once you decide that, you know, starting out, right, and, and and really I wanted to, my idea of somebody who's starting out doing something like this, we'll, we'll take making, you know, just sort of as a topic because um, it's an easy, sort of an easy digestion point for a lot of people. So my idea of somebody who's starting out is, okay, so I have a full-time job, but I really like doing this and I saved up some Christmas money and bought a table saw or I saved up, you know, whatever. Um, and I do a couple of, I do a handful of things for free and I give those away and then that turns into people really like what I did. And then I start selling some of the things and then a lot of people like what I did. And next thing I know, I wake up one day and I have a business and then I told my boss, Hey, I'm not coming in tomorrow. Um, just wanted to give you my two week notice. So I won't be here for the next two weeks. Um, you know, type of thing. So <clears throat> in, in my mind, when you're, when you're kind of starting up that, that sort of seems like the path. Like if I if I were to do that, and I, and I have absolutely zero desire to do that, as anybody who's listened to more than half an episode knows, um, 
but that seems like it would be kind of the path that I would take, you know, from full-time job to full-time maker, if, if that were my thing, you know, so, um, but you guys have both made that leap. And I, and I'm very curious to know, I know, you know, with Joel, you you used to do it stuff and then the market fell out and you came up with these really cool things, but I'm really interested in more so, um, you know, what was really kind of detailed, what, what happened that took you from, Hey, I'm selling it things and, and, you know, doing this to, or, or, or wherever your launching point was to, uh, now I'm doing, this full time like what was that transition like when did you make the decision hey this is more than a hobby this is something that i can feed my family with what what does that look like explain to me sort of the the transition between w2 to having an accountant that does your tax returns scary <laughs> not the emotional side of it the, uh, the just the, the, kind of walk me through the time yeah, I know. of it Izzy, can I start with this for a little bit? Yeah, no, go on. I, I expected you to. My my story is long and boring. I figured we'd get the exciting stuff out of the no, way first. No, I, I, I got... So, my story is, is a winter wonderland, and it, it doesn't happen. I mean, it, it shouldn't have happened. It, it, I mean, a, a woodworker doesn't just wake up one day and see their stuff on, on the, you know, the front page of Gizmodo. So, it was that's a weird thing. However, before that, I was kind of on the same track. Uh, it just got accelerated a little bit. Um, by the way, not the easiest nor best idea uh, to have that kind of growth quickly. However, uh, yeah, so so you start talking to friends. And if you're a metal worker, if you're a woodworker, if you're an artist, if you're into making things, there's always a client that needs a thing. We work on a, we work on a, in a society where People need a thing. Uh, it could be a fire pit. Um, it could be a cutting board. It could be a dress. You know, whatever that thing is. And now, because the internet's so good at bringing people together, uh, there's a double-edged sword there. But because it's so good at bringing people together, you have an opportunity to reach beyond your friends. But I think, Mike, you've kind of nailed probably you know, that, that normal escape path, I'm going to call it an escape path because obviously if you're, if you're enjoying what you do with the woodworking or the, the making side of things and you want to leave your job, I think that is, I think you're making your own path for that. So you could make willow chairs. You could, um, you could be the guy that, that goes around to the different Ace hardware stores and say, Hey, I make the world's greatest walking sticks. Do you mind if I put a display up by the cash register? And then you, you know, you restock it as they get, you know, gone. Uh, there's a lot of avenues for, for making uh, that can be on say the weekend. And as the volume of your business goes, and if you, if you're, if Mike, if you're looking for like, the catalyst, like that crossover point of saying, well, I'm done with my accounting job. I'm going to whittle, you know, duck calls. Um, it, it's going to be very dependent on what, you, you know, I have two children and a wife um, who depends on my income. 
and those are going to be things that like if you're if you're single and i so okay so here's a weird thing if you're like a young adult single or say dating and you don't have any dependents the idea of staying in a job you don't like is unfathomable to me like like you think you may be stuck but buddy you don't have a kid you don't have child support you don't have like crazy things maybe a car payment maybe some tuition bills but if you want to do something that's the time it gets much harder when you have the obligations of a mortgage and kids and things like that they're all very rewarding but you trade off a lot of flexibility to get that type of stability. Well, that, it, and that's absolutely, I, you know, I don't think that uh, I would disagree with that in, in any way. But I, what, I'm, what I'm more curious about, it, and not, not necessarily in the abstract, but is specifically to Joel. So you're doing what on day one, what on day two, right? So you're... Yeah, oh, okay. so, so that, that's more the the story I'm interested in is how did the first how did how did you all of a sudden explode first, into this you know because because yours is a story that is very unique and very um, to me it's incredibly yeah, interesting it's and, and, and almost impossible to replicate you know but at the same time yeah. I, I think that um, not so much a tutorial just more uh, a, a sort of a sure. documenting so, it I, I can walk you I can kind of walk you through that so we. Joel, I made. Can I can I interject yeah. here for just a quick second? Yeah. And um, I, I hate to, you know, sorry about that, guys. Um, I, I, your story is really unique, so I want people to really pay attention. If you're doing something, stop for a minute and listen to Joel's story. But I can tell you, the first day Joel went, he was super excited. It was going crazy. The second day, he was puking his guts out at the toilet because he was trying to figure out how the hell he was going to make this work. <laughs> Oh, absolutely, and and, that's, yeah. and like I said, that's there's a, very few of you are going to have a story like Joel, but yep. his story is incredibly interesting. <laughs> so, which right. is why I so, want to tell. Now that we built it up, now that we built it up, we should let him talk. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. So uh, September twenty seventh, uh, just before that, I was working in my little wood shop, and in the basement, and. I had been making like custom coolers and signs for uh, companies and friends. And I had put out um, a design that I had found in a kind of archaic area of, uh, I didn't even have a CNC, but it was just a little design for a knife block. And it's not even my design. Uh, The great thing about it is it was kind of an open source idea. Now, the things that make it mine are that I, I, I change the design to be better at doing what it is. But, uh, so, so anyway, at some point we put it out on the internet and then a couple of posts, uh, pick it up on Facebook and then it kind of goes a little bit noticed. And, um, then, uh, we, we had it on a little website and I thought, okay, well, you know, we'll run with this design. We'll do the things. We'll, I, I can do them with a couple of router jigs and on the bandsaw, and I'll make you know a limited run of fifty of them. By 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 fifty, I'll probably be sick of them. We'll do the little Spartan knife block, 
and I can run, I can burn through a little maple and walnut. That I now, have. are you doing this full time at that point, or are you still still no, W two no, 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 selling, no, I had, selling for the man? Yeah, right, right. So I had my full time job. I was a computer consultant, so I had a little bit more flexibility than most because I could, you know, shape my time around those things. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like Gizmodo picks it up, and a couple of big pages on Facebook pick it up. And it gets shared if you're in the woodworking arena and if you're online at all, uh, you are in a, you have probably, somebody has sent this to you, a family member or friend or something uh, saying, hey, I I want this. (laughs) Can you make um, me one of these? (laughs) Can you make me one of these? So yeah, so the, the the crazy thing is, uh, you know, we we just all of a sudden, you know, my email would go ding. I'd be like, wow, that was really cool. And so I kind of looked around because I like to know where things came from, and nothing had hit the metrics or anything for you know. And also I was like, ding. And this is you know this is like the 29th of September 2014, and then all of a sudden ding. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding. I'm like, holy crap, I think we just sold 10 of those, baby, and we're eating dinner, <laughs> right? We have friends over. It was it was a Wednesday night. Uh, we, we have a bunch of people over on Wednesday nights, like our friends, and I'll cook, like, just a huge meal. I think we're, like, spaghetti for, like, 14 people. And, uh, and all of a sudden, ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, what the mother is going on? And I'm, now I'm thinking like, okay, so there's, you know, maybe some spam or maybe it's some weird fraud thing or something. Like they're trying to launder money or maybe they're going to order it and need, re, you know, reef. I don't know. But all these people are saying, you know, then they would send in the emails and say, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is the coolest thing since, you know, other knife blocks. <laughs> And, uh, and so this is what happens for like the first three days and Margot and I are going, wow, this is, and to be fair, you know, by the end of those three days, I think we had maybe nine or $12,000 in the bank account, um, a bank account in which, by the way, that I had my little business kind of going towards, um, which would maybe have around $250 in it. At any given time to buy myself, you know, some sandpaper and new saw blades on occasion. Uh, and now it's got ten grand in it. <laughs> and now it's got like ten grand in it. And so then Margot and I, or my wife Margot, is is looking at me, and I'm looking back at her, and I said, "Well, damn, this is going to be a little bit more than I can do on a bandsaw." And I'm going to need a little bit more production area. And so then we start brainstorming, like, should we clear out the rest of the house? Should we burn it down to the ground and just go to, you know, Cuba with yeah. money and leave everybody hanging? <laughs> so all these things are going, you know, all these things are kind of going through our mind. And finally, we just come to the conclusion, well, we need to find a shop and, and, this whole time the computer's going ding 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 so by the within seven days i kid you not 
Margo and I are driving around. We find a 1,500 square foot, um, what's called a pass-through warehouse, where there's one door on one side and one door on the other, and you get basically kind of a hallway uh, wide. I mean, it's 20 feet wide, and then there's a little cubicle of an office with a little cubicle of a bathroom. And I said, okay, great, we'll take it. And he's like, okay, when do you need it by? And I said, three weeks ago, apparently. <laughs> so within within 10 days, I had all my woodworking equipment loaded in to the shop. I had uh, bought a, a herd of doors that were in a salvage, and I made five or six big workbenches. And I started calling my friends like, hey, what what do you think about kind of moonlighting here? And I'll pay you a little extra money so you can sit here and sand these parts. And so we started making these things. And I actually had to get a guy that had a CNC that were running. And we ran the first, you know, like thousand with him. And that thousand came and they all had to be shipped before December. Remember, I said... September 29th, that's October. We basically, what ended up happening was we started an entire business, went full throttle within the first three weeks. Oh, wow. And and we were flying to get orders out because they needed to ship by December, like, 12th. And we had tons of international shipping to do, too. So those had to go out, like, by December 2nd right to give it at least three weeks of ship time so now are you doing the you're still doing and, the w2 during this whole thing or are you at this point getting ready to tell the no, consulting I, job to kiss your ass so so i pared down uh to to just <clears throat> a few clients and they were very nice people and they understood i told them the strange circumstances i was under and they said wow congratulations and that's awesome and yeah, we can reschedule, you know, if something blew up, I would be, you know, I'd be at the shop full of dust with my laptop on the bench and I would be sanding in one hand and running remote desktop in the next so I could connect to their server. And I would do those things for a while. And eventually I handed off two of those, left myself one, basically one client, one good client who was as cool as could be he's like yeah man you know just just handle our maintenance stuff whenever and that was me on the couch in my underwear at like two o'clock in the morning when i came home from work and and uh and you know what we'll we'll do the on-site stuff when you have a moment which uh, almost never came but i had to make time for him because they were just good people they'd always been good to me so i mm -hmm. made time for him so yeah so like in, in that was the birth of that story, but the story gets, the story gets more complex because that initial wave of doing those things slopes off, you know, because I'm not on the front page of Gizmo. The, the viral video loses views. Uh, exactly. Sure. So, so we, we had to quickly then learn that while it was nice making a Spartan, it was our one product and we had to go back to the drawing board and say, well, what's our next product and how do we do these things? So, yeah, so it was, I had no, in the beginning, I had no understanding of how 
I mean, I knew how lucky I was. And to this day, I, I don't think I could replicate it in, in, in that form. Um, but so now, now the good news is it was kind of like a little Kickstarter for our business, but it still requires the hard work of every day going in, getting new products invented or created, marketing those things. And then like that stuff was, that was easy money. I mean, it was easy money. I don't, I mean, I, it was a lot of work, but it was, it was easy because it was being thrown at me. Now I actually have to go out and earn a paycheck just like everybody else starting up. I have to go out there and say, I just, I have a little bit more resource to do those things with. So that's, that's kind of the, that's pretty much where the story stops is, is that magic does fade after a while. Um, uh, but it was a lot of fun starting up. It was it was insane that, that if you ask anybody that's that's launched businesses, that startup time, where you get a where you get the excitement, you don't have the burnout, you don't have anything. Um, and this goes from like tech company companies to a guy opening up ice cream shops. Um, that startup time is just a magical time where you're willing to work eighty and ninety hour weeks. Uh, week on and week on because uh, because there's a vision because there's a thing that's happening not just the daily grind not just making the ends meet it's a it's a weird crazy so do you ever get time. to the point where you know you're sitting there in the emails you know they, they ding 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 they just keep coming in right and then you got a thousand orders going out and all this international shipping so is there ever a time when that just completely falls off and then you're i mean i i know obviously you say you know it kind of it slows down but is there ever a point when it just stops and you're like oh hell i got rid of all my other clients and now this is what i do for a living where do i go from here like what, what is you mean are there days that we don't no, have any I mean, order like is there is in there the beginning a wave when all of a sudden you're sitting there and you've committed your pot your pot committed oh, yeah. to this thing now right so you've got the you've got the shop and now this is who you are you know that the guy that used to do it is gone right that 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 job isn't even there anymore so right right so, so, so the to so the 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 startup the the early success i did basically allowed me to buy the equipment I need, just like we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, I didn't have to do it by jigsaws because I had a little bit more money. I could buy the CNC, right? So just like Izzy's making two versions of a stool, one he does basically by hand, one he codes for a computer to do. And uh, there's still a lot of steps after that, but the production level quickens. So I was able then to make a shop that was easily able to make products. The problem is once you have power bills and rent and people on staff, what you, there is no, there is no, there's very little positive about slowing down into a trough because you've, you've geared up to do those things. Just like if you were a mechanic, you, you have one bay, you have two bays, you have three bays, you know, you have a couple of guys that's working with you and all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's a slow month and you're, you still have the mm -hmm. same bills. Nothing's actually changed. 
and and that that happened uh after christmas remember we were and it was weird it was excellent timing because the christmas rush for people that are doing crafts like what we do is september november december some in october for some early birds very nice people i love i love october shoppers um but you know even to this day in july i could probably shut down the shop for two weeks and i don't think anybody's feelings would get hurt about it um just because it's it's a very slow nobody's you know nobody's buying gifts there aren't many presents given on fourth of july so then after after all that then now you're now you're basically I mean, you're essentially because I've mean, I've seen you know some of the products that you come out with. So I mean, you're basically just you're constantly reinventing the next thing, right? So just like how do I, where does that come from? You know, I mean, is that do you, do you have to sit down and say, hey, I need the next Gizmodo front page, you know, or is it, no, or is it just no. kind of a hey, I need to no. find a practical way to keep selling things to find a need? Like what what is that what is that process? Yeah, so, so I'm 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 old enough to be smart enough to know that what happened is is lightning in a bottle, like it it just doesn't happen, and for whatever reason I was at the right place at the right time with a with something that people found interesting and interesting enough to reach into their pop, pocketbooks and buy without it, nobody. I mean, these are all like millennials and Gen Xers, pretty much. They're going, holy crap, I really like that. That really fits my personality. I'm going to mm-hmm. buy that thing now. And do you think yesterday, the day before that, do you think they thought, gee, I need to be on the lookout for a knife block? <laughs> no, they just right? they, they so saw that thing that and wanted some, it. it was just a... <laughs> exa- that's exactly it. So, so the, to, to try to find that thing again, um, even, you know, it, it, it happens over and over because... Uh, you know, the Chinese manufacturers, they made the hoverboards. If you remember, maybe two years back, was yeah, it two years, three years? They were burning whatever planes it was, out of the sky. <laughs> they, were, they were burning planes out of the sky, but nobody ever patented that because it, it was a whole bunch of different manufacturers that kind of, you know, just started making it-ish things. You know, things that were close to it, things that were like it, things that had components about it. And it was this really weird, like, it should, honestly, I I wish I I was an anthropologist for these things. Because that would be a part of business I would study. Because nobody, you could, tell me a name brand for hoverboards. There there isn't one. They they came from all over. All different things. Like the, well, yeah, yeah, like the fidget spinner. Somebody just decided that was a cool thing. And then enough people got on board where they're saying, oh, well, I can do this and I can do this and I can make it look better. I can add more juice. I can get a cheaper product out because my batteries aren't quite so quality. You know, things like that happen. Uh, The same with the Spartan knife block. Somebody said, wow, this is cool. And then they shared it. And then that person maybe had a friend that shared it and, and went along and they did those things. But but now, while that was a very cool beginning, and again, it was kind of like a successful Kickstarter, the I'm no different at, you know, uh, Paul Jackman, 
is a fantastic guy. If you don't watch his YouTube videos, you have to. He's got a sense of humor and he's very good at what he does. Amen. He makes Andorandic chairs. And that's his mainstay for his business. He makes custom pieces too. But everybody knows what an Andorandic chair is. It's, it's you know, kind of a loungy outdoor chair made of cedar. And he sells those right and left because he created a marketplace to do those things. Will his chair ever go viral? No. But it is a stupid, useful thing to have on your front porch. And people like his craftsmanship. And because of those two things, uh, that's where we're at. People like our craftsmanship of what we do. Um, long beyond the, the, the Spartan knife block. It gets, I, what I'm saying is it gets boring. There's no way to say it other than that. There was excitement and, and amazingness that happened with the Spartan knife block in the very beginning. But then, you know what? Today I sold four beer flights. And tomorrow we're going to have to make four beer flights. And that's what we do because mm -hmm. that's what keeps the lights on. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I mean, in, in, Again, I mean, it sort of a, it goes back to my thing with the the tools and the efficiency. Your your startup isn't any different than anybody else's. You just technology made you more efficient at it because you 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 got hooked into this viral landscape, right? So it was it wasn't that um, you know the 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 internet and facebook and these blogs made it more efficient for you to start a business but your process really wasn't much different than sort of what i outlined at the beginning right so it's just your you know that 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 technology made you faster at it and it made you better at it made it happen quicker for you but it sounds like that would have been probably you know your path it may have taken you know up until whenever but um Oh yeah, yeah. It definitely quickened the way I could do. Uh, volume matters. It doesn't matter if you're a small guy or a little guy. The guys in cabinet shops, you know, where where you're going and a couple buys a new house and they want new cabinets in it, uh, and you're going out to them. Uh, the bigger shops that have the better equipment and the pocket hole for these the things and the pocket hole digs. Another family failings. Uh, and can can make uh, can make a cheaper product, can make a more efficient product. Not not a cheaper in quality, but cheaper in 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 manufacturing. And so they have an advantage over a small shop. So there is a benefit to having an investment in those tools that let you produce things whether that's a, a you know a pocket hole jig that's handheld whether that's a pocket hole jig that's automatic you know where you just slap a piece of wood on and you pull down a handle and bam you now have a pocket hole uh, whether that's having a orbital sander versus a drum sander or whether that's having a five by ten mm. cnc which i do not i just throw that out there you know but i listen you, but you I can know borrow mine anytime you want <laughs> So yeah. it's the same as having one, right. but very different somehow. But right. So what what we do, what we do now, what we we're no we, we have very little difference between a guy that works in his shed, other than the fact that we have 
we have the ability to do more with our time and therefore we can earn more money by either putting on more product or charging a little bit less because it doesn't mm-hmm. cost us as much. Um, but that's, that's the same. And I think, I think that's about the same of, of every business. And, it, um, and it's, it's something you should be striving to. If you, if you want to, if you want to earn a dollar, uh, instead of sitting at the desk and you want to, you want to pick up a, a welder, you want to pick up a, um, uh, you know, brazing torch, you want to pick up a chisel. Those are all things that are awesome. But like Izzy said with his buddy that does, does chairs, he spent the first few years figuring out how to do it. And now he puts out one a week. I bet you he did. I bet his first ones didn't take a week long. I bet you they took about, you know, uh, what would you say, Izzy? Would it take him two or three weeks to do a chair in the beginning? Oh, I, I don't know. I think the, um, he just gotten to a point where um, just, you know, all he has to do is one a week. I think he could probably do more than that. But, yeah, I mean, when you're first learning, it takes time to figure out the, the, slight, the subtle nuances of the program. I mean, if you break it down to, you know, hey, he's learning how to build a chair, it could be if you said for anything. When you're learning to run a business, when you're learning to manufacture, when you're learning to... Uh, do any of these things it just comes down to those nuances that um you get better at and more efficient at like you were saying and you know um depending on the scale of your business or the direction of your business or the model of your business uh you can you can be a guy with a hammer and a handsaw and some nails building willow chairs yep. or yep big or it could be like what you're doing and, and um, you know, taking that to the, the level where you've got employees and machines and you're basing um, a lot of what you do off of these really cool ideas and cool products that you put out there that they're small products. So quantity um, is a really important thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's uh, there, I, I will say that, you know, his investment was in his mind. Yes. You know, that that investment in skill to make a better product faster and it doesn't necessarily uh in there there's a there's called a rule of two of three yes mike do you know this one no tell me okay so you can have uh, you can there are three things you can have it fast you can have it good or you can have it cheap but you can only mm-hmm. have two of those at any one time if you want it good and fast, it's going to be expensive. If you want it cheap and fast, it's going to be crap. And it's there is no business that doesn't follow that basic rule. It's the and, law of and, sacrifice. And if you're if you're a, it, I guess it is pr- probably the law of sacrifice because there's because every once in a while you'll find something where it was cheap, it was fast, and it's good. That guy doesn't stay that way that long time. That's new person in business, and he hasn't figured it out because it's not profitable for him. Well, to and do. one thing too, just a point here um, before it escapes me. The you said the word skill. One skill that that you know I, I, this can't be overlooked because especially whether you're doing this part time or you decide that you want to do this full time is the the skill of finding your value. Um, I, I think it takes the, the, there's an art to that is you know learning how to you know do uh, blind dovetails or half blind dovetails I mean there's there's a skill of that but there's also a skill to um, you know finding out how much what is your time worth what what value do you give to yourself now 
for a lot of folks, you know, like I said, you start off kind of making a few things and giving them away pretty cheap. And then um, for me, you know, and again, I, you know, to beat this dead horse, I don't do this for a living. But, you know, for me, it was like I start making a few things and then the price becomes almost my throttle, you know, because so I, I make something and, you know, it's, oh, oh, God, look at that. That's really cool. And, you know, can you, can you make me one of those? And then I'm like, well, you know, okay, let me sell these for like 20 bucks just that way, you know, now I have too many people asking for them. Let me just get out there and, you know, make a few bucks. And then it gets to, okay, well, now I got to make 40 bucks on these things because I just need a few people to say no, you know, just because. So for me, like finding the value in what I do is more or less, a you know, (laughs) reclaiming my time, really. Um, But I think that there is also, you know, there's a skill to learning how much can I make on these things that I sell? What is my time worth? What what value do I add? You know, the, these people are coming to me and asking me to make a thing for them. Um, you know, you've got to, there's some confidence that you have to develop in being able to say, hey, this is how much I sell this thing for. This is what my time is worth. These are, you know, I, I can't make these for less than this, you know. So, um and, and being that the confidence that comes along with that, that's really the difference between people who can make a successful business, um, you know, and do this thing full time and people that, you know, they, they, they're just going to be in, you know, weekend warriors, which again, you know, there's, there's nothing, I don't, I'm not saying that to be disparaging or, or, you know, uh, trying to be mean, but when I say that anyway, but you have got to hone that skill as well, you know, Paul Jackman, he sells his Adirondack chairs. He gets the money he needs for those things because, you know, he's got a design on those that's absolutely amazing. Um, They're comfortable. They're they're not unique in the Adirondack realm. They're unique to the way he makes them, and he's got a certain level of craftsmanship that goes into them. But he's going to get what he gets for those, and if you don't want to pay it, you just don't get that thing, you know. So... Um, you've got to figure that skill. You've got to you've got to find your value, and then whether or not you're able to sell that value is the difference between whether or not you have a business or you have a hobby. You know, and and, and some people want a hobby, some people want a business. You know, so you've got to figure out which you're going to have. But you know, the, those Spartan knife blocks, you're not giving those things away, Joel. I mean, they you know, there's they. You know the 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 beer flights, the you know all those things, um, that stuff. They all have a they all have a price tag, and you know they're they're that's not something you negotiate. You know you sell them on Amazon. Here's the price. I don't ever see sales. You know there's a you you just know hey here's what here's what it costs for me to make these. This is what it costs to be in business. Here's what I'm worth. And and I think that um, you know we talk a lot about building skill and you know working on. You know, how, how do I get better at making this? Well, making money is still making a thing, you know, and, and having some understanding of what you're worth and what value you bring is incredibly important if you're ever going to take your business from, you know, the garage to a shop to a, you know, whatever that may, it may not be making. You might make, you know, you, you might be making the next best goat cheese or whatever the hell you're into. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you got to figure out how you add value to that. You know, and 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 I, and I think that that point, you know, is something that's easy to overlook, but you know, it's something. It's probably the last thing people think about, really. You know, even though it's the first thing that people should think about. So, just my thought. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think there's there's a, you know, lots of people have hopes and dreams, and a lot of people have good ideas, 
and a lot of people have uh it's i think in the end i think it's determination to make something uh that you really want happen and there's a there are people and you run across them you know you're like you know i want to hire a plumber but i don't want to i there are people that are good plumbers and then there are people that are really good plumbers but not really good business people because they don't show up on time or they don't bring the things they need or they say they're going to be back you know there's it's not just making a good product although that's super important it's about being a person of honor in that business transaction you know somebody that's when we when we need to ship something to a customer and we say hey it's you know we have it in stock we are shipping it out when you order it buddy it better be on the truck by the end of the day uh and so that works with a lot of things if if you have if you have a business where you make you know let's say you you do interior trim for houses um you're going to be working under a contractor that con- contractor is not going to hire you again uh if you're you know you're a finished carpenter but you were out boozing with the buddies last night and you don't show up till 10 o'clock and maybe you leave at four because the head's really pounding you know it's it doesn't you have to be determined to do that thing and that's the that is the main difference between a hobby where you say oh yeah i'd be glad to make you a picture frame then a business where you say oh yeah that delivery scheduled for the 25th it's 12 frames i have half your deposit and the other half is due on receipt and i'll be there to deliver them on the 25th or possibly the 24th and you make that delivery and you pick up that check and then you go on to the next customer and hopefully that customer that got that those goods that they wanted talks to the next guy and tells you that you have another guy interested in your goods and then you go on to that one but it's it all comes back down to do a good thing be a good person while doing it and then you'll get better things happening to you it's a it's a, I don't know how to better explain that law but it's it's very it's very real and you have to build up a trust between you and customers and that just happens over time yep <laughs> I would have said it better myself Joel is he it, well thank you Izzy, you you make all sorts of. I mean, you've you've been in the business where I mean, you're in content creation now, but you've been in the business where you make pieces for. You did a lot of business to business transactions, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but but a but a customer would call you up and say, hey, you know, you your catalogs out there, and you you make these pieces, and we want, you know, we want three of these we want four of those and you know maybe in spring i'm going to need an order kind of like this put together and for our spring sale and stuff like this and so you have to go out and you have to build those things and that customer's waiting on you because that's their living too can you talk more about like the business to business um, kind of thing You know, business to business is a lot different than when you're dealing with customers. Um, you know, when I say customers, I mean the general public isn't customers. When you're dealing with um, other furniture stores, uh, galleries, showrooms, uh, that sort of thing, it, it 
it, it, each one of them can be a little bit different in how you do business with them. Um, but for the most part, it's, you know, it's the same thing. It's, um, you're taking care of a client and, you know, when you say, I'm going to do this, uh, you kill yourself to do that. Um, you know, it's really not complicated when it comes to that sort of thing. The, The complicated part is, um, you know, developing those relationships and, um, you know, learning how to deal inside of that world because, you know, uh, you don't, nobody, nobody wakes up one morning and knows everything. So it's, it takes some time to learn those things. Um, so yeah, it's the same thing. You know, you have a, a customer that says, Hey, I want, you know, $60,000 in furniture and these are the pieces that I want. Can you do these, these three in a custom size for me for a client's needs? And if you say yes, um, and you say, I will be done on the 25th of October, um, better be done on the 25th of October or have a really good reason why it didn't happen. Um, but is he, what if one of your guys is sick for a week? It doesn't matter. Then you work, then you what work. If, what if two guys were out boozing on, on Saturday and Sunday and they're sick on Monday and Tuesday? Then you work all night to get, then you work all night to get their, the work that they would have done accomplished. Um, you, you, you don't know, think I, the customer would understand? No, uh, that's not, it doesn't matter if they would or not. That's not the point. The point is you said you were going to do something, uh, do it, period. That's the determination. You know, uh, you have, you know, I, I can tell you that I have easily worked a hundred, hundred hour weeks in my life easily. And, um, I can tell you that I have spent two or three days awake, um, trying to complete orders because of incidences like that where I had someone just not show up or someone quit or material that was promised to us for a project didn't show up until a two days before that project had to be out the door, you know, when it was supposed to be there two weeks earlier. Um, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, when you say I'm going to be there. And that was um, before be Red Bull. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've never been a Red Bull fan. I just, you know, I just there's varying degrees of coffee. It starts out with as thick, thick enough to, you know, put your spoon up in, and it gets thicker from there. Uh, That's crazy. When you start with the word that started with C, I thought there's various yes. different types of Is cocaine. There? I didn't, yeah, no, I thought there's just one. No. No. So, you know, that's, that's part of the determination. That's part of what, what it takes to be a, a good, um, to really make it. And, you know, after 15, 16 years of, of dealing with customers, I built a really good relationship with several, um, several companies and it saved my rear end in 2008 when we had that. Well, actually it was August, 2009 when I finally shut the doors, um, because I had developed such a great relationship with these companies. Um, these companies were willing to, you know, buy me out, buy my designs, really help me. And in fact, they didn't have to do any of that. They could have quite literally just kept making the stuff that I was making or found somebody else to make it. I mean, it would have been kind of an underhanded thing to do, but, uh, instead they, you know, they wanted to help support me and keep things, you know, keep the designs and keep things going. So they made it very worth my while and ended up being, um, what could have been a, a very tragic and terrible thing ended up being a not so bad thing. So, you know, you, you have a, you know, when you're in the business to business relationships, um, especially in the furniture world, cause the furniture world, like, I guess like a lot of other comp- like softwares and that sort of thing is very cutthroat. You'll always try people trying to undercut you. I'll try to find people trying to steal your designs when they're good designs. 
Uh, they go, they'll go as far as stealing your photographs that you pay a professional good money to take and put up on your website. They'll steal those photographs and use them on their own website to sell a product that they've never made and that they'll just figure they'll make it if somebody buys one, you know, so there, you know, there's, and it's, 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 it's a hard, hard business. So having really good relationships, um, really makes a difference and the same goes for you know just to the general public if you have really good relationships with the people you're providing products for and the way you develop those relationships is good customer service you know quality products uh, timely deliveries you know and communication and those are you know if you can get those four things right you've got your golden you know the the last the last really key element is finding a product that people want and that's where joel really you know i mean he just he nailed it out of the mm. you know he knocked it out of the ballpark he did a babe ruth on that one you know and you know joel said he said something that i kind of didn't disagree i, I kind of disagreed with a little bit and i understand why he said it he said that you know that was the um you know like the, the spartan knife block was um it's not repeatable and and it's not i wouldn't say it's something you can plan for but I, I would say that it is something that you can strive for and probably get similar results if you're really looking, if you're looking at what's trending, what what's going on in the world, what movies are coming out, you know, those sort of things and, and try to find a product or an idea that based around those things that has a lot, I should say, have a greater likelihood to be shared across the board than you know, something else. So, I mean, there are things that you can do and that's part of what Joel does. And I know he does it is, um, you know, he looks at things that are, that are shareable, that are interesting, that are fun, you know, it hits on the emotional side of the human, the human factor with his products. And that's why he's still in business, you know, is because that's what he looks at. So when you really do look for out of the box things. Yeah. And that's the other thing that you really do a really great job on is you kind of, you know, you, you're, you're not, you're not following, you're not saying, oh, somebody made this, this widget. I'm going to make a widget too, just slightly different. You know, you're looking for, if I, you know, someone made a widget, I'm going to make mine nuclear powered. So, you know, um, <laughs> so, you with know, lasers. right. With lasers. And, uh, those are very important key factors in business, you know, and we're, and that's, that's kind of what this whole conversation has been about. It's been about starting. Um, so it, it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a challenge when you're first there, uh, when you're con- contemplating the idea, because there are so many unknowns, especially when you just, you know, maybe you're a IT guy, or maybe you work at Walmart, or maybe you, you know, fix toilets for a living, whatever it is that you do. Um, you have to look at, you have to weigh the responsibilities of your, of your, you know, life. If you have kids and a family and a, a wife, or if you have other people that depend on you, how can you make this transition and how can you, you know, quantify the value of taking that leap um, and I, Joel's you know what he said earlier about starting slowly and just doing a few things and keeping the you know the day job just to test the waters and see what works that's great but remember once you actually make that transition and you're making a thousand of these things at a time it's not the same as when you're super excited about making this thing uh, those things change it. You really have to know that this is your passion and this is what you want to do because it's just as easy to turn a business into a job as it is to, you know, as in, you know, I've seen a lot of guys that were super excited about something, started this thing and it did well for them, but it turned into a job. And now they're in the same position they were when they were working for somebody else with a lot more responsibility and a lot more weight on their shoulders where it was just a job. They had to show up every day. So make sure 
<laughs> when you decide to take that leap, this is something that you want because there will be Mike's in that path. You will, you will be those 80 hour, hundred hour weeks. There's no getting around it unless you just, you know, you've got some magic formula that none of well, us know. You, you, so, you know, um, so I, I, I hate to go a whole episode without having a bumper sticker moment, but the, um, I mean, you can either be, when you get into business for yourself, you can either be a thermostat or a thermometer. You can either set the temperature, you can tell everybody what it is, you know, and that's, um, if you're going to get into business for yourself and you're going to, you're going to be the man, right? Um, you know, Joel, he's looking at trends and this, that, and the other thing, but Joel comes out with a thing that he just kind of takes a bold stand on. You know, he's not, he's not just checking the temperature of the water and telling you, Hey, this is what it is. You know, he's, he's going to set the temperature of that water. You know what I mean? So, and he's going to put himself out there in a way that's, um, you know, bold and intentional and, 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 and sort of, um, you know, there's not, it, it all seems very well thought out. Now it could all be, you know, completely on accident. And, but I mean, it's, he knows cool when he sees it. Izzy, you're the same way. It's, you know, you, you build these, uh, you know, what, what, what would otherwise be nonsensical sort of contraptions that are absolutely fascinating, you know, um, to, to watch built. And, and then, you know, further look, it's this, this mindset that goes into the construction and creation and just sort of all these things. It's, you know, you're you're not you're not you're not just telling people what the temperature is. You're, you're setting the temperature. You know, and if you're going to do this for you know, if you're going to be the man, you know, you've got to be the man. You've got to be able to say, hey, um, you know, I've got a vision. Here's the vision. You know, because and and listen, you, you may you may decide to set the temperature for the room. It might be the wrong temperature. You know, you might completely fail, and and you know, it might be just absolutely terrible but um if you if you make a decision that you're going to do things you know especially do things for yourself you know you've got to be bold in that stuff you've got to be now you've got to listen to criticism and you've got to be thoughtful and all that other things i mean you got you got to be everything and it you know sucks and that's just kind of the way it is but um you know you've got to make the decision that hey I'm going to read the landscapes. I'm going to make decisions. I'm going to, I'm not just going to sit back and let things happen to me because especially like for Joel, he's not letting things happen to just him. You know, especially Izzy, you've got, you know, these different associations and tools and all this other things that you've got going on, you know, behind the scenes. You can't just let things happen to you, you know, and just read them. You've got to be the one that sets what the direction is. You've got to be the, You've got to be the, you know, you've got to be the thermostat versus the thermometer. You know, I mean, it's just the, um, you've got to have that mindset. If you don't have that mindset, then you've got to wait until you have it. You know, it's, and that's, that's, there's, um, and, and that's not my advice. I was told that by a lot of other folks. It's, you know, there's, I've been, I've been given that advice numerous times in my life that if you're not, if you're not at that point where you can set the temperature in the room, you know, then you're just not ready, you know, and you've got to be, you've got to be strong enough to make those yeah. decisions. So. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. There's, there's, um, you, you know, when you're saying we look at it doing, you know, you, you have to have the confidence in what you're doing. A, the, the very first thing is you have to have fun at, at the thing you're making or the thing you're, you're doing. Right. You have to have, like, you have to be, like, you want to show people this thing, right? 
you you have now made the coolest thing that attaches to steering columns you know and it, it's a thing and it's going to change lots of things you have to be confident that this is you want to be able to show your friends and say look what i did and everybody needs to go ooh and ah and maybe they're friends and maybe they're just telling you the oohs and ahs and it's always hard to to, to know what's an ooh and ah that's good um but you you have to have the confidence in the thing that you're doing you have to have fun you have to have the confidence and then you have to be insanely nervous about launching it because no matter how confident you are in that you know the world's a big place right and so when we when we make a product when we do a thing there's a i have to invest some money in it we have to make it you know before anybody ever buys it you know, we have to make a supply of them. It may not be a full, like, blown out run of something, but it's, still, you know, a couple of bucks worth of investment in the time and training that we have to do for, for to, to get it to the production level. And then you have to launch it out in the world. And it's going to fail sometimes. And there's no way around that. And sometimes the world isn't ready for what you have in mind. And that's okay then the last thing you do is the determination. If you've got the customer service, if you can deliver your products in time, if you can make the, the customer happy in general, and you launch something, you do a thing, and people are like, eh, that's cool, but I'm not going to spend the money on it. That's okay. You move on to the next thing, and you cry a little bit about it, and then you find something that makes you happy, and then you you fret about it and you design it and you want to show it off to people and you start all over again. It and that's and maybe Gizmodo will it. pick it up and that's, throw it on that's that's the, cycle. the front page of their blog. <laughs> and I, I hope you have a good credit card processor when that happens. That's true. <laughs> well well yeah, so listen, no, uh I awesome. you know the uh it's a fascinating conversation. Um fascinating conversation i don't know what that other word was i just used but the um in uh i think uh izzy at some point i, I want to spend some time kind of getting into your story on this as well the uh didn't mean to give joel the 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 whole show but uh, his... no it's, i was, was i was actually very much interested it's joel's just got a great great um you know he's he's traveled a really cool interesting path and i think we all can learn a lot from him so that was, I think it was. You can't good. learn dick from me. Well, this is not, this is one of those episodes where you know <laughs> I've said it before that you know I'm I'm sort of the first fan when it comes to this show. The uh, I, I you know sometimes I get to just sit back and listen. Um, you know, and and be be part of the radio audience yeah. for a minute. You know, it's <laughs> so then I have to remind myself, hey, people are waiting for you to talk and ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> so or they're not. So <laughs> yeah, you know it's. It's it's one of those things that's fun, and I, I think this is one of the reasons I love you know what we do, and I love this this um, this platform um, is because we get to meet so many interesting people with so many cool stories, and um, it's just getting to know people better and their experiences, and you can learn so much if you if you take a moment to glean you know information from what they're sharing, you can uh, you can avoid a lot of headaches and a lot of trial and error and a lot of mistakes and. You know, Joel had some gems in this conversation, and it was a lot of fun to listen to. So, Joel, thank you for sharing, man. I wish I knew what I knew now then. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, that's the... Uh... Amen. I would say this. 
I would say this, and, and this is probably where I'm a lot different than most people, is that I don't have fear um, when it comes to this kind of stuff. I have never been afraid to screw up. I've never been afraid to fail. And I wish I could maybe instill that a little bit into a few people. Don't, don't, you know, um, and I'm not, in, I'm not saying, you know, sell the house and move out to the country and, you know, take your six kids with you and, and then try and build chairs with a handsaw and a hammer. Um, but I am saying is it's okay to, to, for things not to work. And, uh, sometimes they don't, I've tried a thousand things and maybe a hundred of them have worked. Um, but make sure that you're protected, you know, when you're, when you're doing this and always do it responsibly as well as responsibly as, as possible or as the situation determines, but, um, don't be afraid. You know, that's the biggest one is just don't be, don't be afraid to, you know, try to capture your dream or to, um, do this thing or, or make your, make your widget or whatever, but just do it, do it the right way. And, um, you can learn a lot from guys like Joel and, and from guys like Mike and their experiences. So thank you for, thank you for doing this guys. And I was going to say the same thing the, thank you, Joel, for, for, you know, taking the time to kind of walk through it. And it's, and, and listen, you can't know <laughs> for all of you guys listening, you're, you can't know then what you know now. Like you just, you know, you just can't, that's just, um, Experience yeah. is a hard teacher. It gives the test first and then the lesson. <laughs> you know, so it's um, you, you got to go through that to to get that. That's just the just the way it is. So, but uh, yeah, thanks, Joel, for for you know walking us through it and, and telling the story. Thank you, guys. You guys are always it's always fun to. I honestly, and I'll say this a million times, I like uh, I I like talking to you guys. And I really appreciate the folks who listen in, but frankly, I'd still do it if nobody we lost listened. Lost the seventeen because it's just a lot of fun. And and if we lost the seventeen, then we we'd yeah. still just be um, us over here talking Joel, and having uh, fun. Tell the folks, the kind folks who are still listening, uh, where they can find you. All right. So our products are at missingdigitwoodshop.com. Uh, you can catch our Instagram at, uh, MD Woodshop. Uh, that's at MD Woodshop. Uh, and, um, look up, uh, Paul Jackman, please. And take a look at his videos, YouTube. Just, just Google it. Paul Jackman. He has a great, uh, Instagram, uh, feed and he has a fantastic YouTube channel and, uh, he's, Excellent explaining things and interjecting a little bit of humor while uh, he does it. You can find oh, him, by the way, at, uh, yeah, he's on YouTube at Jackman Carpentry, uh, and his website is jackmanworks.com. So for for those of you, I have the Googler yes, in front of yes, me, yes. but uh, yeah, definitely check him out. His, his videos are always interesting. There, he's, he's, he, he puts, he, there's thought in there, so it's... Uh, Definitely, definitely check our man, the Jackman, out. So, uh, Izzy, where can they find you, sir? Uh, I've been pushing Instagram a lot lately. Been putting a lot of stuff over there. Just what's going on in the shop, kind of recupping some old videos too, and uh, putting them up over there just to as a refresher. So I've been doing a lot over there. So I'm going to push that today. Izzy Swan underscore Woodworking uh, over and, on Instagram. Uh, you guys can find us. Uh, we are at maybe I've said too much dot com. 
the internets. Uh, it doesn't matter if you spell it wrong, we'll still get you there. You can listen to all the episodes. You can stream right from the website. Links to everything are always there. You can find us on all of the social media stuffs at Maybe Podcast. So that's at, at Maybe Podcast, which is ridiculous when you say it. But your uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, get online. Send us some messages. Any questions, comments, content, uh, anything like that, anything you want to hear, ideas for future episodes, uh, feedback, all that stuff. We're happy to hear it. So, um, again, thanks a lot, guys, for uh, you know walking us through all this tonight. It's been a great conversation. Joel, appreciate you uh, digging in, telling us the stories. And we will catch you guys on the next episode. You gentlemen right. have a fantastic evening.